0: Hey everyone, hope you've had a great week. Welcome to another edition of Soap From The Box, the ultimate TV podcast where I go behind the scenes of some of the country's biggest soaps. EastEnders, Coronation Street, Emmerdale, Hollyoats. I'm Lee Salisbury and I directed those shows for over 10 years. And on this season, I'm talking to two guests every single week. Yes, I've been very busy over lockdown. The other episode you can listen to right after this one. I'm going to shut up though because I'm speaking to now... A person who's got one of the best names, I think, in showbiz. He's also a great guy. Enjoy. Okay, so my guest today, I won't lie, and when you meet me in a minute, it was quite hard to find that much about him personally-wise. So I'm going with uh, this. So he's five foot nine and a half, which I love to have. Light green eyes, favourite food is Italian, bit of a clue to who he is here, and a typical day before lockdown was a walk, the gym and seeing mates. He wanted to be a footballer, ended up an actor, Please welcome Fab Santino. Hello, mate. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> thanks for being on. I mean, real, your proper name is Fabrizio Santino. I mean, I love the five foot nine and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so precise. Oh, yeah. Can't forget the half. Very can't important. forget the half. Always aiming for that six foot <laughs> or five ten. No, not six foot. God. So listen, you are famous for playing. You so said the podcast day a bit about the role you're most famous for in soap, which is obviously playing Ziggy Roscoe in Hollyoaks. And actually, the best way to describe him was Hollyoaks's press release, which I'll just read. But any new viewers of Hollyoaks, mm. I mean, you only left it. Well it's, well, it's actually a long time ago now. 2015, isn't it? It's bizarre how quickly the time goes. Yeah. Ladies, hold on to your hats, because here comes David, Ziggy Roscoe. I mean, David's definitely not as sexy as Ziggy. Uh, Charming, confident, and a touch too vain. The middle sibling of the Roscoe boys isn't worried about causing a stir in the village. His appearance is high on his list of priorities. Despite working in a garage, we challenge you to find a speck of dirt on motor oil under those perfectly manicured nails of his. Known for falling in and out of love faster than Dodger can disrobe, Ziggy can often be found nursing a broken heart and then mending it by chasing another girl. A ladies' man he may not be, he may be, but that doesn't make him any less the lovely guy that he is, as the women of Hollyoaks have discovered it's tough not to have a s- soft spot for him. I mean, great character. <laughs> Who wrote that? I don't know. That's, nice. on the, that's still on the official <laughs> Hollyoaks website. You're still there. Yeah,
1: well, Ziggy, Ziggy and myself are very different. Um, obviously, he was he was the, the charming, vain, um, silly man that got himself into so many different pickles. But um, but yeah, we're very very different. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to take pride in my appearance, go to the gym. You know, uh, I like to have a nice appearance. But he was quite the lovable
0: rogue. Let's let's just say who for whoever remembers him, that's for sure. I'm sure everyone remembers. I mean, you can't forget the Roscos. I mean, I <laughs> so I joined. I joined just after you lot, lot had joined, actually. Um, I think you were quite newish when I joined, and I was new because I, I mean, you came in. They got brought in the Roscoe's to ruffle feathers. Initially, introducing Robbie and Freddie, both played by Charlie and Charlie, um, and then obviously you came along yeah. with Gillian, you Alfie, and Joe uh, and Aiden, who played Joe and Jason. Correct, correct. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. And what was it like? I mean, first so many of all. Years ago. Yeah, Sony, I mean, it's mad, isn't it? 2000, you were in it 2013 to 2015. I, I still look back as if that's a year or two ago, and it's actually, what, six years ago now you left. seems like only yesterday that I left the show,
1: you know, like I talk to the boys all the time, and um, it, it honestly does feel like it wasn't that long ago. Like, you know, we all miss it very, very much. You know, we connected very well. We all had a great time, um, and it doesn't actually feel, it doesn't feel like it was five years. I think it's actually six years now, Lee. And I think Alfie and, and, and little Charlie left it a year after me. Uh, I'm not sure about Aidan and and um and the other Charlie, but um yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago. But um I mean I miss it dearly, I'm not gonna lie, especially in these times anyway.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah. Well it is such a family, and I mean when I joined, obviously Gillian Tailford joined as the mum. I mean, that was huge news and also a great coup for Holly It must have been amazing for you boys to know that she was coming in to play your mum. Oh, it's great. You know, she, she's a, a true talent and, and a true ma- a true master soap
1: actress, uh, actor, rather. Um, no, we, we learned a lot from her and she was also always so relaxed uh, on set. And, and her and I got on really well. I mean, we came from uh, similar sort of areas. Uh, she's from She came from Islington. Uh, I'm from South East London. So like, our accent was very, very similar. So we gelled really well. Um, I, I can only speak for myself. I, I mean, all the boys got on with Gillian, but, um, she certainly was, um, great to, to have on set. It, it, she, she would calm the nerves a lot, especially in the first, shall we say like a few months. And it was
0: really good having her as a mum, to be fair. She, she was the bit. Be- I mean, t- in my eyes, the best soap mum that anyone could ever have really. Oh yeah, she's just brilliant. And also, I mean, she's always funny, but um, I think great for your character, because obviously he was quite a mummy's boy, wasn't he? Like that relationship was supposed to be strong. So it's amazing that you developed, you, you, yeah. you had that initial, there was a real bond. I mean, I remember doing, a, I remember doing one scene with you guys actually sat on the bench in the pub. and We did it in one take. And I remember it just being really yeah. It was. You had a really nice relationship. I mean, is that, and obviously with the boys, that was important. Did you spend much time together before you like started filming?
1: Yeah, chemistry, definitely important, massively important. Yeah, Alfie and I got on really well. Alfie and I met uh, a year prior to, to our casting for Hollyoaks for our auditions. We auditioned for a, di- for a different film um, and we remembered each other. Um, and again, he comes from a very similar background to me. So him and I, he was like a little brother to me. I looked after him, looked out for him,
0: gave him advice, helped him out, you know. So, uh, And he lived with me for for two years. Yeah, and actually that's what probably the listeners well they might know, but that's good most of the cars live with each other, don't they? It's like you the car because most people aren't from Liverpool. That's the thing. It's one of those shows that a lot of the cars aren't there. So everyone kind of I remember being mates with James Sutton, really good mates, and going around various houses yes. and there was always like about four or five cars living in each house.
1: Yeah. I think it's importantly, especially when you move from London and you've got to relocate to a different city, um, you kind of get homesick. So it's good to, to, to keep it within the family, um, and you know, like it's and it's also nice to to kind of share that that same um, that common thing that you know you you go and you learn your line, you know your, your your flatmate's doing the same thing. You can help each other. You can discuss the show. You can watch the show. Uh, but it, it can get a bit. Uh, it, I, I think sometimes it can get a little bit messy because you're working with the same person that you're living with, but. I think if you're getting on, you've got great chemistry and you get on, it works
0: out. It works out fine. And it did for me. Yeah, and actually I think, because I think one of the nice things about Hollyoaks is, say, uh, EastEnders, and it's just the way Enders is. The fact that it's in London, most people are obviously from London, so they all just go home to their own places. And I just think it misses that level of, um, you know, the fact that people really bond on Hollyoaks and it, the, it comes off on screen, do you know what I mean? Because everyone really does hang out together all the time. I mean, lots of people obviously go out with people from the cast because... It basically is your life, isn't
1: it? When you're in it, it is. It is. It runs like real time, doesn't it? It runs like a, a like real life. Um, I guess so. You're spending so much time um, with with your castmates, and and um, you kind of get too involved. You almost get very, very much immersed. I mean, I I started Hollyoaks. I was 29, going on 30, and I could separate that, Lee. In all honesty, like I, you know, like I could sort of like keep my work. Where it was, and, and then I'd, I'd keep my personal life outside of work. So, but a lot of my castmates were together, um, spent time together, hung out together. I mean, the hanging out was fine. We always hung out anyway. But um, but I would also like to go home on the weekends and separate yeah, that course. thing. You know, yeah. was important for me. Um, but yeah, so many wonderful, wonderful love stories um,
0: off the show. In between well, so the wonderful cast. ones, but you say that. But then I've been in the position before, not <laughs> just on Hollyoaks of directing couples that are then split up. And it's really uncomfortable. I mean, I do think it's the worst mistake actually going out with a fellow actor, especially if you know you've got to act with them. I mean, the animosity on set is, it's it's
1: stupid. I mean, I did witness um, a lot of animosity on set between cast members and castmates. And I just think, you know what, you've got to, you've got to learn to, to never to mix business with pleasure. Totally. Um, and because all you never break. Now, like I say, I, I knew... But the best thing to do at the time was to separate um, that kind of that thing, you know. And I just thought, you know what, just don't get involved. As, as, as lovely as everyone was, just don't get involved. There are so many other people outside of, of work, you know. You
0: should just because it's
1: too. It's almost like a drama school. Yeah. You know, working yes, on. you're
0: right. Actually, yeah, because it's very similar. You know, there are different people of different ages, but in a, in general, it's a you know a younger yeah. class um it can, and, all, and also as we know it's the most gorgeous car so it's the worst place to try to be good because everyone is absolutely stunning so many
1: beautiful people for sure for sure but you but you, you know again you've got to learn to separate that you have to and i think i i think um a lot of people can vouch for me on that show yes i played uh, um a, a young lovable rogue that couldn't keep his carrot in his pants but uh, <laughs> i i managed to to keep it in your I, pants I, yeah i he bit me pants and then and, um, and just decided to, to have a, a much
0: more appro- a mature approach to the situation so I, I could separate the both. Which is good. And then obviously Aiden, um, who I knew beforehand actually from Emmerdale, he played your brother uh, Joe. It, that must have been quite nice as well, having another person from a Soap. I mean, especially being a younger guy your kind of age that has been through it before.
1: Oh, Aiden's blinding. Him and I are really good mates. Um, you know, I learned so much from Aiden. In fact, Aiden—if it weren't—if it wasn't for Aiden, he kept me tamed. He calmed me down a lot because there were times where I could flip my lid at things, and you know, like being a bit of a hothead myself. But uh, Aiden was so mature, all certain situations, and he—he he really, truly was like an older brother. And him and I are him uh, and Alfie—they're—they're they're like. Two best mates of mine now, and um, and I'm so pleased about it that I could I could take that friendship away,
0: you know, away yeah, from that's work. amazing. And that's one nice thing about it, so you do make, I mean, obviously during this podcast I've been interviewing most mates. It's amazing how many friendships because yeah. I just think you go through a roller coaster together, even as directors, because obviously I was a younger director then, but you know, because you are working on something that's so Big And, you know, loads of people are watching. So you do feel that pressure constantly, don't you, when you're in a show like that? I mean, you can't. If you make a mistake, it's going to be a mistake that's, sh- you know, shown to public because you're working so fast as an actor as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You've got no
1: time. Yeah. There's, there's no rule. There's no rule breaks. You're working every day. You're going home every night. You're learning lines and then you're back at work the next day. Kind of a, a bit like a factory, really. I'm not going to say that it, that it was because don't get me wrong, it was an amazing time of my life and an amazing experience but you're non-stop you are non-stop you get the day off don't get me wrong you get like an afternoon shift or or sometimes you're there all day depending on what storyline you're in um luckily I was always in and out of heavy storyline so I, I could have that time off
0: but if if you're if you're constantly working you're you're in from morning till night yeah no you are and I tell you, I think Well, I think people have understood that much more from this podcast, actually, because I've had so many messages saying, God, I never realised it It was. Because I think people think it's such a dream life. And obviously, Hollyoaks, especially, you know, you weren't, um, it wasn't scheduled as much because there was much more units working that you would say do a full day. You could be in at, say, eight in the morning and then your next thing might be at like four o'clock or one o'clock and then four o'clock. So you haven't got time to go anywhere. So you just have to sit around. So it can be, they are can be long days, can't they? and this is what i'm saying you know a lot of a lot of actors a lot of people think oh wow what a
1: wonderful life you must have yeah it's wonderful when when and and, it's, and it can be very rewarding but um you know when you're on standby from from 10 till 4 um it's hard when you're told not to go anywhere you're told not to go home because you never know you know like it might it may stop raining or you never know we yeah. get that scene quicker in and the wait and it can be quite tedious and you do get cabin fever and you lose your mind a little bit because it's like, you know, you're when I'm the sort of person that when I'm ready to go to work and my lines are in my head, I've got to go. I've got to get the lines out. But if I'm then on standby for three hours, it's exhausting and you lose. You almost forget your lines because of the, the exhaustion, you know?
0: No, you're right, mate. You are totally right. At least, I suppose in anything, at least it gave uh, you good training for lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I think it was, uh, I think it's. I'd certainly hone my skills uh, yeah. on the show, you know.
0: All that waiting around. And then obviously I was going to say, I normally start with a memorable moment. One of the memorable moments was that scene we did, but also obviously I have to ask you about, you are always obviously like most of the guys are, shirtless. And I wanted to tell the viewers as well, because I remember this Roscoe house, um, you know, because everything, you'd say you would suddenly do a scene in the Roscoe house, so all the lighting would suddenly appear and it would get warmer. But they, it was freezing, wasn't it? And I think I did a scene with you walking down the stairs just in your pants or something, and it's but it's like it's so it's like it, and it looks amazing on screens. So the lighting's great; it looks all really sexy. But everyone else is standing around in North Face, and then you actors are kind of literally in next to nothing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was one of the lucky ones, always in my pants I- I- in Liverpool in in freezing cold conditions. Um, so yeah, uh, very lucky. Um, <laughs> no, you know, look, but in all jokes aside, I look. I really enjoyed playing Ziggy, but um, but sometimes I felt that it wasn't necessary that you always. Had his top off, you know. He, he I had to play a, a certain character, but it was there were times where I'd have to do press ups, you know, to keep warm, or jog on the spot, or squat, whatever it might have been, to just keep warm. Hand warmers. Um, every now and then, like we had great wardrobes, so that they'd come, they'd come over and felt for me and sort of like put a big coat over me. But it was tough. It was like I'd, I'd be fuming. There'd be days where I'm like, do I have to be naked in every single
0: pop? I know. But we had to have it that way. Yeah, it's quite, I mean, it's one of the staples of Hollyoaks, isn't it? It's one of the selling factors of it, I suppose, that these gorgeous people. But I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, it's it, even tougher when you have to, when I've had scenes with other people in other soaps, because you randomly, you really don't really get it. So then they really hate doing it. But what are your tip? What's the tip? Because I'm not into, you know, I'm not a massive fitness freak. I run. But you always yeah. see lads, like, press ups literally make you look better straight away, because that's what you see people doing on set. I think you know. I think with a press up. I think any push or
1: pull type exercise can can uh, can give you a quick pump on. You know, like if you do, if you're not, if you're already in shape and you've got like, um, should we say like an athletic uh, physique, if you if you can sort of like knock out forty fifty press ups in one go, uh, then you'll see um, an immediate pump on. So that's why um, you'll find that most actors will do will knock out some press ups before um, before we go to for a take. Um, well, there we go. Get... And
0: this, see, I'm saying this because it's good advice for anyone <laughs> listening at home. If they're just about to have, you know, go home and have a glass of wine with a new person, just quickly do 40 press-ups before you take your shirt off.
1: Before oh, you take your shirt off, yeah, yeah. We've done, I've done <laughs> that before. I was a youngster, that's for sure. But, um, but no,
0: it's true. So do believe the hype. It, it does work. So, right, I'm going to give you, I always do a bit of a, to talk through the storylines, what i found is the funniest way is a bit of a quiz. We're going to put you on the spot here. Uh, uh, so... We're going to talk about Ziggy's love life first. Can you remain and, and there were, as far as I know, one, two, three, four, five, six, six girls mm. that were, they call it romantic partners. So that, I mean, I don't know what base you got to. I don't know where that covers, but six girls. Can you remember who they were? First names will do. What do you mean? What well, in character, you mean? In character, in yeah, not not your real life. So I had, I, yeah, I
1: had uh, I had Sinead. Yeah, I had, one. I had Sinead, I had Ruby, I had, I had Helen, I had... Frankie, Helen, yeah um i had oh sienna no not sienna. sienna i was trying it on with sienna uh got nowhere um i had and i think i had ooh, you've really got me there because there were a couple of um
0: girls i've got celine
1: celine yeah but celine mm, again i was trying it on with celine as
0: well so nothing really happened between oh okay celine. you didn't even get to first place ellie oh ellie and i kissed yeah won it Oh, okay. One out, one kiss, and then obviously there was Layla, Laymax as well.
1: Later, but there was another one. There was a, a girl called Zoe. I think she was a. Uh, oh. I, I think she had a, a guest appearance. Um, I forget her surname now, but her first name was Zoe. I remember, and it was the scene where Ziggy was trying to basically say, "Oh, yeah, this is my house. You know, like, I own. You know, all the all the money from the modelling jobs that I that I get sort of like, you know, paid paid off for the house, and then." In comes, <laughs> in Jillian with like Ziggy, you know, like, and I'm saying, I'd oh, ask me cleaner. Whereas, you know, in, <laughs> it was a, it was a hilarious scene. But yeah, I, I certainly I certainly dabbled and had a few. That's for
0: sure. Yeah, that's not bad. Going two years, that's quite a good uh, that's quite a good amount. But anyway, moving on to the next question: What website, or uh, I don't, I'm not looking at the actual name, but what kind of website did Ziggy start modelling for? Helped by Nana McQueen. Oh, that's a tough one. Kind of what area are we looking at? What type of women? Hey, oh, it was,
1: <laughs> I remember now. It was the uh the flexing. It was a, I think it was a sort of like some sort of uh um well it was certainly the older aged woman. Yeah, it was uh, well it was
0: Lonely Housewives website.
1: Yeah, yeah. it was basically <laughs> it was it was a flexi muscles type. Um type uh website so
0: I guess it's uh what we'd call now what, what is it is it only no oh, only fans uh,
1: fans that's it only fans yeah only yeah fans.
0: everyone's on somebody made a fortune from that god not not, not me
1: but yeah but there is a uh, i think Yeah there's a, there's
0: a fortune to be made yeah totally nice <laughs> but is that how he got with Frankie then Helen's character no I think I think that when Ziggy was with Ruby he'd spend a lot of time with
1: Ruby you know in her house. Right um, okay Always, he'd always sort of like find some sort of emotional attachment with someone, and he did with Helen. Uh, and Helen would go and see him at the garage, and then before you know it, he just couldn't control himself. So <laughs> it, he had a soft spot for her, uh, and, and it so happened that that uh, he got caught jumping out of a window, you know, because Ruby had finally caught him. So, um, and some funny stuff. I mean, some memorable stuff,
0: scenes I'll never forget. Yeah, oh, it's great to play. It is great to play a character like that because I think what's nice when you, as an actor, is when you get that character that you can basically, that isn't you, and, but you can be the kind of, per- you know, cause we all dream of being either more confident or whatever, do you know what I mean? And you get to play something, it's, I mean, you know, I don't think anyone ever wants to play a murder or something, but like when you've got a fun character like that, it's brilliant to go to work. And I mean, my, one of my friends who plays a really horrible character in a circle, he says it's great cause she's so nice, but she gets to go and unleash this kind of devil every day and it gets everything out. Do you know what I mean? And, and she comes home, it's still the same person. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, I'd, I'd get. It's funny because I'd leave the show and I'd
1: be sort of like, you know, cycling home or driving home, and and I'd might walk out to the shops and people say, oh, Zig, especially in Liverpool with this guy acts and Zig, done that to Ruby. What with Helen as well?" And I'm like, "Yes, it's called acting. Do you know what I mean?" I know. Because
0: yeah, I think of- that. The thing with Soaps is that because it's in people's houses every day, I mean, people really, I don't think they could, because, you know, they do know it's not reality. But they also, I don't know, part of it, Think I think people, you know, it's in their psyche every day, isn't it? It's when they see you, they instantly just think of the character. You know, even me, when I join Soaps, sometimes I'm always shocked if the actor's not like the character. Do you know what I mean? Because you kind of, you only know them as a character. So actually, even as a director, you're like, oh she's actually lovely okay next question what was the roscoe address do you remember the actual their house number oh bloody hell uh, is it i know to be honest I, I don't expect you to know that it was two oakdale drive and i only asked it to talk about the sets because um i always said it's out of all the soaps i worked on holly oaks is actually tiny isn't it outside set anyway that outside bit is really and you know i remember going where the you know the pub is you're not supposed to i remember being told you're not supposed to see that from there and that from there because that canal is literally just about you know four meters yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, what was it like for you after what was it like you know had you watched Oaks before you joined you know was it was it intimidating when you went or was it a a fine experience because you hadn't watched it that's
1: a really good question When, when i when i auditioned for for the um when I auditioned for the first round, the casting director asked me, he said to me, do you watch Hollyoaks? And I said, no. And he said, that's the thing we need. We need more people like you. watching." I was like, wow, why'd you say that? He said, well, because we feel that we lack, you know, guys like you watching the show. And I was like, all right, cool. So I think that maybe, uh, giving me the opportunity, maybe me and the boys, the opportunity got more guys like me watching the show. So, um, I mean, look, when I'm at the producer, uh, so I was. Uh, I'll keep this very brief. When I met the producer, um, he was seeing me for the part of Freddie, believe it or not. And, and Freddie was then given to um, Charlie, uh, and we created Ziggy. Ziggy was a. He was never written. Uh, but Brian Kirkwood and I sat with the writing team. We sat there for a day, created Ziggy. You know, and, and we sort of like we gave him a name, we gave him a backstory. Um yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing to be a part of creating that character. Um, so um so yeah so I hope that answered that question but in yeah, terms of no, that's yeah.
0: great and I mean I know when I worked on EastEnders what I love is because Brian obviously I worked with on EastEnders and he's an amazing producer and on EastEnders we used to with new characters we used to basically fill out a questionnaire with the actors which I think they should do everywhere so it'd be like what so we were all in agreement it's like what do you think Ziggy's favorite music is and we'd have a discussion and then it was kind of there in print so if any directors use music we always had that to go to what they like because I think some shows really lack that. Do you know what I mean, you go in and you hit the ground running um, and you, do, I mean, that character description of yours is amazing. It's massive, but uh, Hollyoats do really, really put thought into those characters, especially because you had loads of brothers coming in. I mean, you all really were separate from each other. Do you know what I mean? Character wise. Oh yeah, completely. I, I remember the questionnaire like, as if it was yesterday.
1: Um, it, it was so different. I'd never done anything like that before. And, and when we were asked, if you were a salad, what would you be? I said, I think Ziggy would be a fruit salad. And everyone was, Everyone was, like, in stitches, you know, rolling, <laughs> laughing. Even Brian was like, that's great. He was like, that's exactly what Ziggy would be. So, um, yeah, so, uh, again, unforgettable little moments like that that you just learn.
0: Yeah, it's oh, great. No. I mean, I, I, we are whenever I work on the Now, I always do that with that because it's that, I mean, I learned that on these things. like, oh, this is a brilliant thing to do because yeah. it might seem basic, but it gets everyone thinking on the same page then. Do you know what I mean? You can really develop a character that way, you know? It's so true. So you were obviously there for huge stories. The masked killer—well, uh, was it called the masked killer, the, the masked hand, or something? Wasn't it? Which ended up being Sophie. Oh. Obviously, you played Lindsay, um, yeah. which was quite a shocker. But um, you—what I loved is that so then you obviously left in 2015. A really shock Christmas storyline. You'd obviously rescued—was uh, it Layla or Tegan from the fire? Layla. Leila, yeah, Leila, sorry, oh, Leila, Leila, uh, Leila <laughs> from the fire. And then, but you had suffered like a brain aneurysm and just suddenly dropped dead. Uh, so you must have known that for ages. Was it, I mean, was it, was it your decision to leave? I mean, had you decided to leave? It was, it was my decision. Yeah, it was.
1: And I had my reasons. Um, uh, and basically um, they had decided to, you know, we they called me an AME. like, look, you know, this is exactly, we, we don't have much time to, to kind of finalise this, but this is what we, have come, come up with and uh, we think you're really going to like it and we really want you to have a, a sort of like a nice exit. And I was like, you know, yeah, I, I was I was always, um, um, should we say, not cautious, but um, I'd always have that thing about being typecast on soap. You know, how long should you stay on soap? When is the right time to leave? So you know what? Maybe three years is enough for me. It's given me enough time to learn and to become, uh, to establish myself you know, on, on British television, shall we say. And, um, yeah, and, and I basically thought, well, let me just sort of like, let me leave at the end of the year so then I can start my fresh year and, and try something else and, and try and find, uh, try and make a transition into something else like British drama or British film or theatre. because I love, I love fringe, you know, um, I love a bit of fringe theatre. So, yeah, so um, the guys were like, right, well, uh, with the time that we have, we think this is the best kind of ending. So, um, yeah, so we had a, he had a brain aneurysm. He had basically fallen and, and smacked his head on the on the ground, saving Leela um, there was an ass explosion where Leela had been staying in character um, and then within should we say at the space of two weeks within the space of being seen in hospital and having these head headaches, headaches these migraines uh Christmas day uh, everyone's sort of like getting on Leela and Tegan had should we say had buried that situation where because we were in a love triangle so then they yeah. kind of rectified their friendship and the love that that's just a bond that they had and that was that you know uh so you know ziggy had to go um sad it was a sad ending um it got me it got a lot of people um but it
0: was a sad ending and um well, i wasn't yeah. I mean not you know I, it's great to have a good story to go out on do you know what i mean so it's, you always know if you leave in the back of a cab that's when you i've got to go oh god i don't think i was very popular <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is it. I mean, I I always, the the funny thing is, is I always thought, you know, could there be a comeback for Ziggy? Um,
0: You know, like there was no real funeral for him. They've done it with Jeremy Edwards recently, haven't they? So he was, he was supposed to be dead and he arrived for the anniversary. Right. There could be a comeback for Ziggy. You never know. You never yeah, know. Yeah, you never know. I do think it's nice. I mean, a different actor say different things. You know, like it's nice if you nice if you die. It's nice if you die because it it closes the door. Because otherwise, I think as an actor, you can always think that it's there. As I mean, I suppose the same with me with soap. I made the decision to leave because I wanted to do other stuff. But it's still, you know, if you would, you know, as you always go, oh, should I go? This if you know you could, you're always questioning it, aren't you?
1: I mean, listen, it, it depends on the actor. You know, I'm, I'm an ambitious person and I'm an ambitious actor. And I've always thought, you know what, I want to do so much. This I've got so much to give, you know. And when, so um, I went and sort of I went back to the theatre. Um, I went and done a load of uh, a few different independent films. I went to the States. I wanted to sort of like have that experience. I came back. Uh, and I just carried on. And, and I sort of like went and did, you know, job after job after job. I mean,
0: they may have not all been mainstream jobs and that's OK. You know, we've got oh, to surrender. Yeah. I think I think um, we'll let this get to be past Hollywood. So oh, let, my last thing on holidays before we talked about your other project was I read because I didn't see that your entry, but I did see your exit. Is it true that you started laying on a table covered by Union Jack looking at a silhouette of a lady? And that was your last shot as well say that again i, I well, don't know I... i've read somewhere that ziggy's first shot in the show was him laid on a table being covered his bits covered by the union jack looking yeah. at the silhouette of a woman and i read that the, your end shot in the show matt probably dead was you laid there with a silhouette of the masked killer no that's incorrect is that incorrect because i was thinking Correct. god that's really bloody clever if that's true that's <laughs> really well thought out <laughs> that's incorrect my my beginning
1: shot was was aiden and i uh, my first ever scene was aiden and i driving into the square getting out of a van um and that was my my first initial
0: shot what was here is we'll use that on another drama when we work on it <laughs> <Quite> <laughs> like that. So let's move on to you. I mean, literally, I found it impossible to find stuff about you. So where were you? I'm going to quickly just one word answers, right, to these, just sure. so people know you. Where were you born? Florence, Italy. Florence, amazing. Oh, my God. So quickly to talk about that. Like, Did you live in Italy for years? Yeah, so born in Italy. Uh, Mum and dad, both Italian. My mother's Neapolitan. My father's Sicilian. Um,
1: and they were both raised in America, in New York, and basically wow. Came back to Italy. Had me in Florence. Why Florence? Because my aunt Marie was living in Florence at the time, and we were seeing. They were seeing my aunt, and then I happened to basically, should we say, pop out in Florence. Um, so yeah, but I am I am full Italian. Speak fluent Italian, uh, and then we immigrated to London in eighty nine. Right.
0: Eighty
1: nine.
0: Yeah. What a place we've born. One of my. I mean, Italy is one of my favourite places in the world. Uh, yeah. f- favorite music. Uh, I would go for
1: soul. I'm a soul man.
0: Good, man. Uh, football or theatre? Oh. Oh. oh,
1: man. Uh, do you know what? I would say, if you'd have asked me 20 years ago,
0: football, but I'd definitely say theatre. And then beach or skiing? Beach. beach. All day there we go. So that's I feel, we all feel like we know you now. Uh <laughs> so other projects. I mean, you've done um well I read you, you I think it was a small part, but you were in Captain America, were you the first Avenger? I, I was, indeed. Yeah, yeah, I was. That must have been amazing, being in a huge film like that, no matter how small. I mean, it's like what an incredible experience. Yeah, I mean that that's like the Premier League of a film, really. That's yeah. like the
1: height of film, you know, like you're you're surrounded by A-listers, you're surrounded by you know big directors lots of film kit, you know, um, it was amazing, very overwhelming, but I, I took it in my stride. I was, I was really confident. Uh, strangely, the younger I was, the more confident I was. And, uh, um, I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, um, it really was an amazing experience. And, and, and to, to, to share to sort of like I, my trailer was behind, um, Christopher's and Tom and, and Tommy Lee Jones's and it was just like, wow, you know, like what am I doing here? But I'm going to go with it. Um, so, yeah, and also working with Joe Johnston and having him sort of like direct me for the first time. Uh, and he was like, you know, just improv, do as much improv as you like, you know, okay. don't, don't worry, you know, you will make the final cut. And I made the final cut. There was a lot more shot on the day, um, like me jumping over the bonnet of the car and getting in and starting the car and driving off and, and having all this sort of like um, uh, all this improvisation with Richard Armitage. Uh, but sadly, um,
0: what made the cut made the cut, and, and I'm really proud of that little moment. Well, yeah, it's great you made the cut, and then you've done loads of short. You've done loads of short films and other dramas. I mean, you've done uh, Red, you've done Black Russian with Shane Ritchie, Russian with Shane. Shane, yeah, Shane was attached to that project. I can't, I don't think Shane actually did that project in the end. We were in different scenes anyway. But um, oh, okay, I mean, one of yeah. the, most, the most interesting ones is Pleasureland. I think which is a really interesting. What uh, it's based on. It's based on reality TV and like what's left is a shell of a human being after I mean such a I mean such a great look at what something is so big at the moment
1: yeah yeah I mean I really enjoyed shooting that uh, that uh, that independent film
0: um really
1: lovely director as well um uh, listen I the reason why I did that film is because I basically um suffered with anxiety I suffered you know I went really internal I was quite insular after the show um I I have noticed that there was a lot of snobbery in the business. A lot of uh, a lot of people frowned upon the show that I worked on, um, and um, and it can crush you. It really can, and you feel forgotten about, and you feel like God. You know, where do I fit in again? You know, should I have stayed on the show? But because I was stronger than maybe someone else, um, I was okay. But when I read the scripts, I thought, you know what? There are so many people in yeah. that, that suffer badly with anxiety and depression, and that and that can. They can have those suicidal thoughts uh, and they have, and we have lost a few people uh, from from the celebrity world. And, and that's the sad thing about becoming famous. But for me, it was never about becoming famous. It was more about becoming a successful actor and establishing yeah, myself. I, think,
0: I mean, it's a really important thing to bring up for people to understand, because I think that's very true when you, especially as an actor, you know, you leave and I know there's so many mates this has happened to and you do, you can sink into a really desperate place because, um, you know, you go from having it, you know, not having it all, but is the wrong because that's people's impression. But in a way, you know, you're on a big show, you're recognised everywhere. And obviously yeah. that, that gets into your psyche and then you leave. And it's, it, you know, it. I suppose I always try to explain to people. It's like, imagine whatever job you do working in a bank and suddenly it all goes, you're just sat at home. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, but, and yeah, but it's also highlights i mean i think a big thing is like what the press do is if someone i know matt Laplinska's had this he d- doing some building work and stuff and it's really looked down upon it. it's like why that's horrific that our press do that i think do you know what i mean it's like it's a job um yeah
1: sure i mean look i i can't speak for reality tv stars and and that's what i played i played a young reality tv star but um i can only sort of like kind of um come from uh, the actor's point of view. But I think for reality TV stars that think that it will propel them into something bigger, it, you, you can only propel yourself into something bigger. If you go and do something bigger, like if if you kind of use that 15 minutes airtime that you've had to kind of really push yourself into something you really want to do, whether it's presenting, whether it's singing, whether it's acting, whatever it might be. But if you stay on that level you have to remember that the, the year the year later, or should we say
0: next year, there'll be another younger version of you. Of course, of course. And it's not a, unfortunately being a reality star isn't a skilled job. So yeah, I think it's what's it but the important message to come out of this, I think people listening is don't dream to be a reality star. It shouldn't be a dream that we're kind of putting up there on a pedestal because uh I think A, they suffer a lot. And also you aren't very much a product and you know, you've got you're not you're wasting time almost building something. You can, that's going to have longevity, isn't it? It's a really important thing
1: to have a plan if you're going to be a reality TV star, have a plan for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I hate that even reality TV star is a thing to be. Do you know what I mean? It's like influencers in a way, it's like mad that our world's become that that's a job to fly somewhere and do a tweet (laughs) and you get paid for it. It Just seems a bit crazy to me, but
1: the I think, the hard thing for us actors, especially in times like these, is that when you go on social media. And you see these celebrities doing very well. Whether you're reality, whether you're a blogger—I mean, bloggers are fine—but influencers, and you're like bloody hell, like we can't get work. But but these lot are are earning thousands of pounds. It's it's heartbreaking, you know. Because we're—I'm not saying they're talentless, but I'm saying like you know, we've got a talent, we've got skill, we learn script, we get into character, we kind of like you know, love what we do, and 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 they're on thousands of pounds taking pictures and having this. And I'm like, it really is heartbroken. I mean, good luck to them. Don't get me wrong, I'm
0: not... Oh, yeah, that. no, no harm to them and no disrespect to them because loads yeah. of people do it. I just think it's bad that our society's allowed that to happen. And you also did a play called Blackout as an assistant director. Yes, yeah, Blackout like, how find, was... How did you find being the other side?
1: Well, I mean, you know, like, it, it, it was... It, uh, uh, I basically was asked to become... Um, an assistant director on this play blackout by uh, esther baker and she is the creative director of a a, a theater company called synergy project synergy theater group um and um they were like you know what you know get involved blah 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 um we can you know this is what we do we rehabilitate uh, young adults and and we sort of like go to prisons and talk to young men and women and so on and so forth and we kind of get them in the arts game and 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 it's like you know it's an amazing thing to give back and I, I basically, I was punished as a youngster so I kind of, I get it, you know, and uh, and I basically uh, met Esther and she was like, I said, you know what, is there a part, because initially I wanted a part in, in, in the play and she was like, you know what, there isn't a part in the play but let me see how I can, how I can keep, bring you in and we sat and we had a meeting and I basically kind of, we spoke about the scripts and she was like, you know, you've got an eye for something you have. She was like, why don't you come and assist me? So I was like, amazing, because Esther Baker's massive in the theatre game. Everyone knows this. And then um, and then from that, um, I got an amazing part in a play with Esther, um, uh, uh, not last March, the March before that, uh, in, a, in a play called There Is A Field um, at the Battersea 503, directed by Esther, written by Martin Askew, a phenomenal writer. So yeah, so Esther Baker, uh, she, she basically, um, she's wicked to work with and and really welcomed me well uh, within her little f- f- Synergy family. And
0: It's so important when someone champions you, isn't it? It's, you know, you always need those people to uh, take care yeah. of, of it and give you the chances. Because as, as I always say, in our job, you know, you're always proving yourself again. You know, same with directing. You go to somewhere new and you've got to prove yourself all over again as you have with an actor. So it's tough. I mean, we love it, but it's tough, isn't it? You're always, uh, you're always starting again, basically. Absolutely, but you're right. It's, it's when someone
1: can acknowledge that you have more than than just acting. You know, if someone can see that you've got an eye, like I love photography. You know, but no yeah, one's yeah. ever answered to, you know, do you know what I mean? But she was like, you know what, there isn't a part for you in this. But um, have you ever tried doing this? And I was like, no, but I'd love to. And so we kind of took that play to schools we took that play to prisons and we had a phenomenal little cast and it was great it was an ex- again another experience i'll never forget
0: but something for the cv yeah exactly mate well listen it's been amazing to talk to you and thank you so much for coming on and i mean obviously as we know acting so tough at the moment so is drama in particular but i am sure i mean we're hoping obviously to do a project next year together and um yeah let's hope we work together again soon mate because i'd love to work with you Thank you, Lee. Pleasure's been mine. Take care. Big kiss, Lee. Thank you. you later, buddy. Bye. Thank you so much to Fab Santino. As I said, the best name in soap. He is a top, top guy. A lovely guy. And thanks for coming on the podcast. Of course, there are two episodes every single week this season of Soap from the Box. The other one is with Emmerdale star Samantha Giles, who's just gone back into the show. You can hear all about that on the other podcast so please listen to that now as usual i would like to thank david stevens and the bothy for their edit from technical wizardry and ian mccallum for all of his press help remember i have a brand new show on great british radio every saturday at 3pm where i talk to more soap stars and also play some amazing tunes so make sure you listen to that you can catch up with me all week on social media at soap from the Rocks on instagram Twitter and Facebook. Have a great week and I'll see you next week. Bye.